Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you hungry for adventure? Do you crave hilarious and perilous tabletop campaigns? Don't bother rolling perception, pal. We've got you covered. Behold! Dungeons and Doritos, Nerdy Show's epic tabletop audio drama, a cinematic serial of mayhem-filled, morally questionable quests at DungeonsAndDoritos.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, from the borough of Queens, in the city of New York, this is the Epic Piecast with your hosts, Nelson Lugo and Schaefer, the Dark Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from the beautiful and spacious Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens, this is the Epic Piecast, episode number 64. I am your host, Nelson Lugo. I am your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. And we are back once again, loyal listener, with a heaping helping of snarky goodness up all in your ear holes. Is that that where we are? (laughs) (laughs) Up all in their ear holes? We're all up in there. Sounds so Uh, invasive. No, no, we have consent. I, that's I guess all right. They chose to download this. I'm they little... know what they're in for. Next joke. You know what you are in for. How are you, Nelson Lugo? I'm okay. No, I'm actually really good. I I I'm. You're so used to saying that. I know. You're I'm so, so used, used to, to having saying, a, I'm okay. a non-committal. Um, but I'm actually in a really good place. Lots of stuffers going my way these days. I mean, up and down, but for the most part, I'm happy. Well, I am very pleased to say this. Uh-huh. I've, I've been waiting uh, to say this for uh, a while. Uh, folks, Nelson Lugo's one-man show. Oh, dear. Cheating Death. Yeah. Magic Memoirs and Mortality? Uh-huh. Is that the correct order? Yeah. Oh, Magic you, Memoirs and Mortality. Magic. You made it alphabetical so that you could remember. That. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Yes. <laughs> uh, it has opened. It opened. It had its run at the Tank Theater. Hopefully, uh, only its first uh, run. And that means this thing that he's been laboring over and talking about for months and months on this show well, years. has now. Oh, okay. Years. Yeah. Um, has now. I've birthed it. He executed it. He did this thing. Yes. I got to see a performance of it. Yeah. And as a self appointed <laughs> amateur <laughs> off Broadway theater critic, uh-huh. I would like to offer my review. Okay. Here we go. It was very good. I'll take it. This has been episode... <laughs> Brown. What's, what's the first note of the closing song? What's the title of that song? Oh, God. Okay, I don't no, know. let's not revisit that. not do that. No, but seriously, we haven't really spoken about this. And no. I didn't want to really talk to you about it until we had mics recording. <laughs> of course. I, I probably texted you some sort of brief uh, sure. response. Yeah. Your show was fucking excellent. Oh my God. I saw a staged reading of it like uh-huh. what, four or five months ago. Something like that, yeah. And it was, I recognized the the basic uh, skeleton sure. of it from, from what I'd seen then. But it had been 
really like jazzed up and sexed up and it was like <laughs> reorganized and it was like the performance aspects of it were so much more enhanced and wow the magic was more rehearsed and it was an excellent goddamn show fuck so fuck you i, I don't know i i'm not prepared for this i don't know how to respond to this i know you hate yourself so <laughs> that's also true <laughs> it's so much easier for you to just be asked how it went so that you can hate yourself yeah rather than be forced with somebody praising yeah the thing that you did i get it i i well i mean i don't i don't think you're fooling anybody here uh everybody knows you're a pathological liar so. no I well about I lie about shit that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, uh, this my best friend's <laughs> labor of love that he that you spent all year working on. Like giving, no, but thing blowing is, you, smoke you, up your ass. What's you, that going to do for you? You have to say that. I don't. Of all the people on the planet, you are obligated to tell me that it was good because you're my best friend. I no, I'm not. I'm obligated. I guess I should. I'm obligated to not but give you a scathing review to your face if i had if i thought that there was something really uh bad mm. in it i could point that out to you but i would still temper that actually yeah you by could. you could by emphasizing all of the good elements of yeah it. i wouldn't give you like a bag full of shit i'd give you a bag full of shit with like a bunch of reese's peanut butter cups on top <laughs> still in the package so then you'd be like mm, these are delicious oh my failures underneath <laughs> And so I, and I also, I, I brought it up. I wanted to say it first. Well, thank you. I thought it was an excellent show. Thank you. Uh, I thought it was an abysmal failure. <laughs> what, from, from, <laughs> what asked, from what perspective was it a failure? Um, to, well, the thing is because, because I couldn't get an extended run at the tank, I could only get four dates mm-hmm. um, because the tank theater moved and uh, if for those of you listening, if you remember Gathering the Magic, which was my first solo show, the tank f- fully supported it, both uh, financially and um, and uh, 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 production wise. They 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 were producers on the show, and so uh, I got a, a three week three week run of mm-hmm. the show, and it got reviewed. It got massive audiences. Um, I did it. Uh, a lot in three weeks. Yeah, at least for New at least for New York off off Broadway theater, I did it a lot. And as a result of that, i i got i got I got tangible things I could use. I, I got reviews. I got um, uh, I got to perform it in front of different audiences over the course of three weeks to sort of work out all the kinks. It, it got to live. It got to breathe. It got to evolve organically in performance. Sure. Right. Uh, as a result of that, I, I managed to perform it, you know, in several cities across the U.S. And I even got to do it in Amsterdam. So it, it, all of that sort of like reverberated mm-hmm. because the tank moved and it's a it's a new it's in a new space with two theaters. And they isn't also an old space. It was once the Algonquin Theater. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. I felt like it looked familiar when I went in. Yeah, but. it was it was once the Algonquin Theater. And I think they bought it from them so now they own it which means they're not sharing the space with any other production companies which they were at the old uh, the original space mm-hmm. and and they're operating 7 days a week rather than just 4 days a week and they have a massive amount of rent so they're not really in a position to support individual shows anymore they're just kind of like you want to do a show here come do a show here we're going to throw spaghetti at the wall every goddamn night we'll see what sticks sure um, so le- it's less than feeling. It's it's less a feeling like you are being supported by this theater, and more like it's a it's a music venue where you're booking your band. Basically, yeah. you're just you're just booking time there. Right, that's, exactly. Which I, that's, that's that, a, and that changes. That, well, that, that's that, not a critique of the tank. You no, know what I, mean? I mean they if things change, it's a different, exactly yeah. exactly. They they moved into bigger spaces, and as a result, the nature of what the tank does and how they do it had to change. Um, and they gave me four dates, which no other theater would have ever done. So to that, I am deeply grateful. Um, unfortunately, I can't do anything with four dates. I can't get reviews because no one's going to come out to review a show that only has four dates. Um, I'm not going to be able to build an audience with mm-hmm. momentum 
you know, so uh, whatever audience I get is whatever I, through any kind of promotion that I'm doing is what's bringing them in. And because I'm essentially a one man band, there's only so much I can do on my own, you know? Um, And I had lots of people helping me. My, my partner, Lisa was a massive help. Um, But like between the two of us, there's limited resources, time and resources. And I was rehearsing right up until the very end and still working things out right up until the very end and still building props and still like, you know, getting costuming done. So like, it was a fucking mad dash to the goddamn finish line. Um, and so knowing all of this, several months ago, I decided what I was going to do with these four dates was I was going to use this as an opportunity to invite producers, invite artistic directors, invite people in positions who, if they liked the show, could help me take it further. Mm-hmm. Um, and I must have emailed... God, like, I don't know, 100, 150 different producers and artistic directors and theaters. And uh, I got six responses. Three of them confirmed, confirmed tickets. One of them showed up. <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> um, granted, now, in the theater world, that's pretty damn good odds. Yeah, for you an off-off Broadway, for an off-off four Broadway, show run, four show run with, with one of the shows being on nine eleven, with <laughs> with one of the shows being on eleven. Also, there were um, uh, there were some Jewish holidays also happening at the same sure. time, and nine uh, eleven, and it was just a, a perfect storm of stuff that was going to keep people not coming to the theater. Mm. So it was a critical success in that everyone who came to see it. Loved it. At least I'm taking it on faith that what they told me was true. And they seemed to really enjoy it and really was affected by it, uh, both both artistically and, and sort of personally, emotionally. It's a failure in that it's a 98-seat theater. So I'm going to round up. I'm going to say 500 seats. So over the course of four shows, the maximum amount of tickets sold could be 400 seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus, you know, two per each night. I think a total, total four night, 80 people saw the show and maybe 60 of those bought tickets. So it's hard. It's it's hard not to take that personally. It's hard to justify the three years of work that I did sure. to the to the to the actual turnout it's it's difficult to not uh be discouraged yes and more than that just not see that as a result of my work yeah okay you know what i mean i know yeah i know that you know intellectually that that is not a reflection of your work oh i get that you understand because you know how i know how theater works theater works and especially in new york and as you said, like you preface this whole thing with like, it is hard to put butts in seats for a show without reviews. Yeah. And you can't get reviews if you don't have enough of a run. Right. So does you are, I'm going to just hope here uh, that you are not so <laughs> discouraged that you are not going to pursue putting this on stage again somewhere if possible, or at least like seek it. Yeah. Hold on. Let me, let me finish that question. <laughs> I'm hoping that you are going to attempt to book this show again in another theatrical venue uh-huh. um, while you while it's still fresh before you start uh, submerging yourself in the next show that you're going to spend three years of your life <laughs> hating yourself over. Because I know that's the instinct. You yeah. spend all this time, yeah, and by yeah, the time yeah. it's on stage, you're sick of all the material, and you're just yeah. like, well, this was an abject failure. I guess that means I'm going to go start working on my next show and just let this one fucking burn in the dumpster. And the part of you wants to do that, doesn't it? Don't do that. There, there is a part of me that wants to do that. Unfortunately... As the theater world, and I guess Hollywood, and I guess sort of like the film Hollywood world as well, the the, the phrase "hurry up and wait" is is uh, sort of like the life, right? So mm-hmm. you you build a thing, and then there's this mad rush to get it ready, get it seen, and then there's 
you wait. You wait for a long time for something to happen. Um, and in that waiting, you're actively doing things so that some, you're planting seeds so that something can happen, mm-hmm. right? So I'm in the figuring out what's next phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and this could take anywhere up to like six months to a year, mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, because I can't do this in New York again. I just can't. I don't have the energy. I don't have the resources. I literally burned uh, burned bridges and bent over backwards to try and get people to see this show. I even stooped to the level of texting people to personally invite them <sighs> to the show. And no one came. Um, not no one. 80 beautiful people over the course of four nights came. But, yeah. you know. I know it, you just got done saying that, like, it's... You know, the audiences liked it, the ones that you got. The audience that I was at the show that I was at fucking loved that show. Yeah. The show works. Yeah. yeah. And from an artistic standpoint, like strip away all of the theater politics, sure, and all sure, of sure. the like the business end of it and all right, of right. the promotion and the work and the discouragement from that. Just from a purely just stripping it down to just the artistic part of it. Yeah. It's it's excellent and it works really well. And I think it would just be a shame if the rest of it like if you baby bathwater this thing. Yeah. Um, and that, and I guess that's really what the next six months are really going to be about, or at least, you know, just after the new year, like January, February, just kind of figuring out what's next. Because um, if I do it somewhere else, it can't be New York. So that means I, I, I mean, there's several routes, right? So I can go the festival route. Um, which is entirely possible. It's this is festival oh, yeah, absolutely. ready. This is this is and it's 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 festival material. It's yeah, it's it's festival material as well. The problem is that festivals have uh, a barrier to entry in that the application fees can be in the hundreds of dollars. Sure. So and do, only doing one festival <clears throat> as as fun as that would be, not something I'm particularly interested in. Like if I'm going to do festivals, I want to do a festival circuit. Because again, it's 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 the same idea of like only doing a four show run. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do the festival circuit and you want the show to get noticed, you have to do a lot of festivals, and those fees can run yeah. into like you know the tens of thousands of dollars. That doesn't if, say if, anything about the travel and right, exactly. And then I have to figure out how to get there and room and board, and and then when I get there, I have to hustle to get people to come to see the show. So, so it's, it's possible just it's an, it might be cost prohibitive. Sure. Um, which is not to you know, and then sort of like, and then you can go down the rabbit hole, right? So then the solution to that could be grants, right? So that means I have to be a grant writer, which means I could, I need to go to like an annex college course to learn how to write grants. And then, <laughs> yeah, you know, and all you start, it all starts becoming so very daunting. Yeah, right. Like, and, I don't have time to do this. I don't. This is a this right. is a young man's game. Yeah, I can't like I can't commit this much time to my life. I already did the thing. Right. I made the thing. Why do I have to do all this extra shit for the thing? <laughs> the other, th- the other would be to sort of like go the musician route, like call up theaters and book theaters for like a night or two uh, in other states and do like a mini tour that way which that seems like that seems like probably like kind of an effective way to do it because when you travel because then you're traveling right and then having a single show in a town makes sense because you're traveling act so people see it and they're like oh i read this thing and i want to i want to see it and also you become exotic because you're from new york right and not only that you are the co-host of the Epic Piecast. Uh, so the I don't know. fans <laughs> from here to here again, I went all the way around the globe when I did that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, they would I be know. like, oh my God, Nelson Lugo's in town. I didn't know he toured. Yeah, and then there are you know, potholes and pitfalls with that one. Of course. So it's, it sucks. Traveling sucks. Well, just like the, the, the legwork alone of like all of the phone calls, all of the emails doing the research because the thing is like this show it's not just the magic shows I can't just go to like a music venue on an off night you and can't do you need a rapt quiet yeah. theater audience to I need listen th- because the, the show is I don't want to say it's more storytelling than magic but it it's it 
No, that's, it's that's everything is accurate. everything is hinged on the storytelling, and you need not a raucous bar crowd who's like talking like "pull <laughs> rabbit out your ass." You need people that are paying attention to these like nuanced emotional stories about your brushes with death. Uh, yeah, it needs to be a theater. It needs to be a theater where people can sit in the dark and feel emotions. Um, I don't know. I I I'm. The only option, well, not the only option, but the 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 option that makes the most sense to me is to find someone with money and means uh, to be get interested in the show, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just going to take time, really. Um, and and you're right, like I don't I don't want this as much as I I don't know if I like the show yet. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's 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 hard and not hard in the artistic way it's just hard yeah to do i bet it's emotionally draining yeah uh i i wrote i wrote a show where i have to talk about some of the most awful moments of uh, my entire life for, for in <clears> such <throat> excruciating detail yeah and maybe that's why i like the show so much because i like seeing you be miserable <laughs> uh true i'll grant you that it's yeah, i don't know just it, magic it, or gathering the magic was a great show oh yeah yeah this is a this is an exceptional show well gathering the magic was designed on purpose to be pleasant and yeah. earnest and sincere yeah. and and that's fine that's all great it, it was it was designed to have mass appeal right it could mm-hmm. you know and kids could watch it right yeah this one was not this was designed on purpose to be uncomfortable and creepy and unnerving and um and the audience at some point will genuinely feel concerned for my life uh you know they will feel unsafe for parts of the show yeah yeah um and it's kind of like the roller coaster, the sort of roller coaster analogy. Like, you know, you, you go in, you do so lots of loops and turns and loop-de-loops and corkscrews, but you come right back into the station safe and sound. That's the show. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's another thing that's going to be like a tough sell yeah. to, you know, I mean, to a theater producer. I mean, you just explained to me why I like that show better. Because you're like, <laughs> it's it's challenging. It's It's not like all smiles and happiness it's it's challenging it's dark it's uh conceptual it uh explores a lot of uh difficult emotional periods in your life uh, makes an audience worry about your well-being yeah maybe alienate some of your previous audience Woo! sing it to my heart <laughs> this is my favorite shit you just described <laughs> Um, but I'd like I'd like to think that there's a lot of heart in it that there's yeah, that, there that, that people walk away feeling good yeah I about think so. their life you know or at least hopeful yeah. you know um, I mean the thing that they can take away from it was all this like kind of uh, morbid uh, talk of of death and and at times kind of the futility of things mm. that at the end of the show they're like they still saw a guy who's very talented like pour his blood sweat into tears into putting a show on stage and and dressing up and and really <laughs> delivering it and you're like if that guy is so tragic he is still incredibly functioning that he is creating a thing and can do it that's, oh yeah that's kind of its own silent like m- like uh moral of the story at well the end. i mean again that's also there's nothing in the show that's an accident that's also designed you know yeah the the, the what i wear on stage is heavily curated to like no matter how bad it gets in in the stories that I'm telling, I'm still a guy standing on stage looking really dapper mm-hmm. and really put together and really neat and professional, and that's also on purpose, right? Yeah. So it it allows me a sort of cachet or or unspoken credibility that what I'm saying is has been handled, you know, and that I'm not sort of going through therapy for you know an hour and fifteen minutes at some point. In the past, how long have we been friends? 12 years? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I feel like we have like artistically morphed into the same person. <laughs> like we just met each other in the center. We couldn't have been farther ends. I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> I was a clown in a costume doing rap songs and you were a Coney Island sideshow magician. Yeah. And some point we met in the middle. <laughs> we're basically doing a very similar thing now. Well, I think I think we informed each other, to be honest. Well, I, probably. Uh, God, we spent so much fucking time together. I know. God damn it. Uh, your sick passenger really was the seed for cheating death. It's quoted in the show <laughs> i'm not spoiling the line though, but, but thanks. yeah it, it was it was the uh sick pat your album sick passenger was the the proof that i needed that this idea that i had was even feasible hmm yeah well, you made something with that inspiration that is so much better than the source material. Cause <laughs> oh, shut up. I feel like your show is timeless and my record's already starting to feel dated. So bravo to you. Uh, I think. No, 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 not, a, not at all. Not at all. I still, I still fit, listen to uh, a lot of six pack. Well, I'll knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's basically where I am. It was, it was, uh, and I've, I, th- I think I've said this immediately. I've said this a number of times, and I think I may have stolen this from you in that I love I loved being on stage. I loved um, telling the stories. I loved doing the magic. I absolutely fucking hate everything that preceded it mm-hmm. and everything after it. Yep. Uh, and so those times where I was on stage for 75 minutes in front of 20 or 30 people in a ninety seat in a ninety eight seat theater, which if you have never seen that before, then uh, you should hold onto your pillow extra tight tonight because you don't know what loneliness is. Oh God! <laughs> right in the heart. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you, seeing thirty people in a ninety eight seat theater is kind of like the cartoon equivalent of like when Bugs Bunny goes out and does the most spectacular act and then it's just crickets look i've been booked at a number of of (laughs) anime conventions nerd conventions comic book sure 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 where i am one of the musical acts and they will put me and they'll have like everybody will stay in Uh the same hotel where the convention is and it's usually some big like marriott or something like that and then they'll have like a, a, a music portion they'll set that up in in one of those like like they're big like kind of convention rooms right and they'll fill that fucking room with chairs front to back hundreds of rooms can't even see the people at the soundboard because it's so far in the back great big stage on risers they'll bring in lights and they'll set everything up and they'll put me in there and i'll go on stage and i'll come out with guns ablaze and be like here i'm gonna earn my trip to this (laughs) city and then like right it's that first time you like step forward far enough on stage that you just get right under those stage lights and you see that that giant room has 12 fucking people in it yeah, it hurts. God, damn whatever. It. You still give them a show. Yeah, no those those eighty people got one hell of a show. Um, I am among them, yeah. and I would not like a refund. <laughs> Good. It was an excellent show. <laughs> Thank you. So, if you are involved in the uh, booking of theaters or uh, artist management or whatever it is. Whatever the theater equivalent of the rock and world uh, is, booking agent is, and you have ties, and you would like to bring Nelson Lugo's cheating death to your city, give us a shout at epicpiecast at gmail.com. I'm real cheap. That's true. 
<laughs> I feel like there should be a jingle at the end of that. You know, Nelson Lugo. Doo, 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 doo. He's I, real cheap. Oh, my God. I would make that <laughs> if I had time. <laughs> you don't have time. I, have, I don't have time. You don't, don't have time. You're doing eight million things. I don't have time to do this freaking episode right no, now. No, you don't. No, I don't. I shouldn't. We should have taken a I'm month looking off. at three cardboard boxes full of brand new t-shirts that oh. you need to fold and put into bags so that you can take mail them to a tour you're going on for three weeks. Oh. There's just so much. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I've... And you're also putting on a new record? Yeah, there's a lot happening. Okay, from, from concept... To execution, how long did it take you to put this new thing together? Well, because I would like to point out, it took you six years to create Sick Passenger. It did not take me six years. It took you 16 years to put out Sick Passenger. It did no such thing. Yes, Manslaughterer was in 2000. Sick Passenger came out last... 2000? Yeah, Sick Passenger came out last week. Manslaughterer came out in 2009. Okay. The other one came out in 2013. Yeah. Four I, years I later. wasn't really actively working on it until 2010. So like it was about a th- about three years to make that record. Okay. Um, and yeah, now there's a new record, but it's a whole different thing. And I can talk on and on about it, but I feel like maybe we should take a break. Okay. <laughs> take a break. Because there's a lot. There's a lot. We'll break it up. We'll do this episode. We'll, we'll like yeah. catch up on, yeah. on Cheating Death in the First Half. And then sure. we'll catch up on the thing that I've been complaining about all summer all right let's do it so then and without co- any context or explanation yet we'll play a song from this project for a break oh and we'll come back and explain what the hell this is nice does that sound like a, a decent deal sounds perfect great the plug section is going to be really long no it's not well it is oh shit because <laughs> we're going to condense that other thing I, don't tell the story before you tell the story got it folks we're going to take a quick break and we will be back in just a moment Yo, you got a problem? I got some, lots of them. Everywhere I look, I'm crawling with them, rotten ones. Bottom rung dwellers want a bare knuckle cat fight. They got skeletons and belt buckles, that's right. Here they come, bum bum, hits the kick drum. Wicked like the pictures, get your stun gun, dum dum. I'm done, son, better boost up the pace. They got me cruising through space, they got me losing my faith. They got me right where they want me and they're coming in hot. Gotta slip a little distance and get under their shots. I brought a bat to a cannon battle, run to the spot. And hold up inside and pack up my pride and cry, mother of God. Rocking a hate-based rage, making it up to the top. Feel like my eyeballs will burst, my eardrum's gonna pop. I got my talons out, calling like a bald eagle. I got seven billion problems and they're all people. Hit me. I hate people. I hate people. They're evil. At their best, they're bad. At their worst, they're lethal. Lost all hope past the end of my rope. I'm just a misanthrope and I can't cope. People. Oh, I hate people. See all people equally. Just a plague upon a planet we inhabit needlessly. It's too late for me to wait for what the future brings. I've seen the human beings ruin things. I come on. Watch them cheat and steal and turn a blind eye. Watch the self-serving backstabbing wolf criers lie watch them feed turn their wants to needs greed get big watch them wallow in their sickness filthy two-legged pigs watch them pass you on the right park and take up two spaces interrupt you when you're speaking making smug vacant faces cut you at the bar plunk it down not a bone and come to a dead stop on the stairs and then fuck around on their phones backpedal hate speech like they were just and only block a sidewalk walking for a breast slowly Push their way aboard and block the doors on the train Out with their hella giant umbrellas after the passing of rain You mouth breathing, open mouth eating, cretin' spit and spray You man spreading, mansplaining pricks, put your dicks away You name dropping, shade tossing, never been stars Oh god, delete the species, please start over on Mars I hate people, I hate people, they're evil At their best they're bad, at their worst they're lethal Lost all hope, past the end of my rope I'm just a misanthrope and I can't cope People, oh, I hate people, see all people 
globally Just a plague upon a planet we inhabit needlessly It's too late for me to wait for what the future brings I've seen the human beings ruin things so Come on All the racist and the sexist and the looted White dudes who think the criticism equals persecution Fuck the all lives matter crowd Feed them to the fishes With the sickening Christians calling their bigotry freedom of religion The pious with their bias backing stacks They cite as facts And the frozen feminist clothes who don't get collapsed and attack The sexual predators circling sharks who depend Upon the support of the chicken shit rape apologists they call friends Like that pretentious artist fuck who fights that man is better And that no talent hack who still fights the hands that fatter The guy who wanted me working for free and talk shit when I didn't And all of the kids who say that I suck who've been in my scene for like minutes Those who have the power to resist but wouldn't dare And the child in the White House and those who put him there I'm over, I'm fed up, I've had enough of their stay And if you're with me put a hand up, now go the fuck away I hate people, I hate people, they're evil At their best they're bad, at their worst they're lethal Lost all hope, past the end of my rope I'm just a misanthrope and I can't cope People, oh! I hate people, see all people equally Just a plague upon a planet we inhabit needlessly It's too late for me to wait for what the future brings I've seen the human beings ruin things Now fuck off! Did you know that the Epic Podcast is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network? And did you know that the Nerdy Show Podcast Network is home to dozens of other programs that are also surely relevant to your nerdy interests? Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Swing by nerdyshow.com and see what treasures await you. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. At patreon.com slash nerdyshow, you can fund the entire Nerdy Show Network and unlock a plethora of amazing bonus content and early releases. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and the Epic Piecast on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Folks, this month on the program, we have no guest. Nope. I don't even have time for this. No time, because you are a busy mofo. Yeah. Uh, look, so... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Schaefer, I have no idea what you've been gearing up for for the past few months. Please tell me. Oh, excellent. What a, what a, what a great invitation for me to do that yes. thing that you just said. <laughs> so for the past year, as our podcast has devolved into mostly the two of us angrily updating one another on the status <laughs> of our novelty projects, sure. um, I have been working on a new record. Yes, you have. All summer. Yes, you have. And also gearing up for a tour. Um, but more about that in a minute. I've mostly been pouring all of my energy and all of my sleepless nights. I, I don't know. I think since it's late September, I think since early August, I'm averaging about four hours of sleep a night. Oh, dear God. I know. And it, okay. that, that has an effect on your psyche. Yeah. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> I have been working on a record. I have a new record that is coming out next week. It, it will appear on Bandcamp wow. on Monday, Holy October shit. 1st. And here's the thing about it. It's not. I've done a lot of work over the years with Vince Vandal. Yes, you have. He's a great guy. He's I love a, him. A very, he's a great guy. He's a very talented producer from Baltimore. He has. Uh, he and I worked together. He made this, all the beats on Sex Rhymes, and he mixed that record. Um, and he's just done a bunch of stuff. He mixed a bunch of the songs on um, Junk Drawer too. We've done a lot of stuff together. Um, and so we started talking about making a record together, and he had this idea that, like, since we work together so much, maybe we should try releasing an album as a fully collaborative project. Instead of it being just another Schaefer the Tark Lord produced by Vince Vandal, right. that we just give ourselves a collective name. Oh, yeah. Kind of like Killer Mike and LP don't release their albums under Killer Mike and LP. No. They're, they're Run the Jewels. Yeah. So... This record that we're dropping is not a, a new Shape of the Dark Lord record produced <gasps> by Vince Vandal. What? Oh, no, no, no. It is the debut record <gasps> from my new collaborative project with Vince Vandal, and we are called The Department of Darkness. Did you just bleep that? 
No. It's, oh, it's public now. Is it now? Is it public now? This information we've been like kind of cryptically teasing it, like I have everything uh-huh. I've released. Uh huh. Um, but today, well, no, I'm sorry, not today, but uh, last Monday, uh, Lars, MC Lars, got to drop that news on his podcast. Oh, sweet. And so now it's it's public. We can talk about it. Okay. My new record and my new collaborative uh, collective. Yeah. Is the Department of Darkness. And our new album, our debut album, is self-titled The Department of Darkness. I love it. And it's coming out on Bandcamp. Uh-huh. And after that, it'll be available on like iTunes and Spotify and Amazon, everywhere you get your digital music. And there won't be any CD copies, but before the year's end, there will be a vinyl release. Ooh. We're going to release this on a 12-inch. And, nice. Um, uh, Oh, and if you come see these tour dates we're talking about, there will also be uh, USBs that have the whole album, <laughs> as well as a bunch of bonus materials, some extra tracks, as you, well as a remix kit, including some instrumentals and acapellas. For, you you showed me the uh, the USB bonus track, uh, and the, well, the USB and the bonus track. Yeah, and I gotta say, I it's pretty good. It's okay. really good. I, I think I think I think it's all really inspired, and I think you and Vince are doing some fantastic work. Thank you. I think what yeah. we're doing here is we're col- we're considering it more of like a a larger open ended collective, yeah. not quite like the Wu Tang, <coughs> because that feels more like that is a crew. But yeah, there's a there's a similar feel to it in that we don't really just consider it. This also I don't have a lot of guests on my records. This record has 12 guests. Uh this record has 13 guests. And How many tracks? Uh 10. 10 tracks, 13 guests. Yes. Jeepers. So we just packed it in. Yeah. We packed the guests in and so we consider everybody who makes an appearance on this record a member oh. of the Department of Darkness. And that would include my DJ Lugatron 5000. Holy shit! I'm a member of the Department of Darkness? Welcome to the department. Oh, nice! Do I get like a like an ID badge or um, like a pin? Or? You'll get something. <laughs> there, will, there will ultimately be, there's an official like governmental seal for the department. Nice. Um, and there will be uh, pins of that. Nice. Uh, there'll be some sort of, uh, I don't know, hiring Will there? Will there be like a red t-shirt uh, with like a black tie, uh, no. Oh, there will probably be a red and black T-shirt. The official colors yes. of the Department of Darkness are red and black. I like it, not purple. I know. So you got to let go of your expectations. Let go. This record has ten <laughs> tracks. Um, that song that we just played is was the first one that was made for it um, about a little over a year ago. Uh-huh. And it was it's supposed fantastic. it was supposed to be a track for Vince's record, Friends and Fandom, Volume Two. Uh huh. Advanced friend, Friends and Fandoms. <laughs> Um, which is this project where he makes beats and then he gives them to MCs that he likes and says, here, here's a beat. Here's a title. Right. I don't care what you write, but you have to use that title. Right. And I love that assignment. I love it. Because when somebody just gives you a beat and you're like, I just, I, I, I need focus. I have too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, a, he gave me a beat called I Hate People and then gave it to me because, I don't know, typecasting. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the song I made. And then we'd had a couple other other songs in various states of completion. And as this year opened, we started realizing that it, come fall, I was going to go on tour and I need to finish up a record. And maybe that could be a deadline for this first project. So yoink, yoink. I got I Hate People back from his record. Nice. <laughs> and it's going to go on our, our collaborative thing. This album features... Oh, oh God. Oh, here we go. Are you going to do the whole thing? I'm going to do the whole list. From memory? Yeah. Holy shit. In order of their appearance. All right. I'm, 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 I'm going to put up fingers for everyone. Okay. okay. This record features uh, Oh My, Cool Z, Francine, Michael Kill, Megaran, MC Frontalot, Miss Eves, Lady J of Wreck the System, Lex the Lexicon Artist. MC Lars, Shubzilla, also DJ Lugatron 5000. Oh, wow. Bunny Buxom has uh-huh. some vocal parts in a track. And it'll be mastered by our close uh, friend, Cecil Decker. Who wow. mastered most of the things That's that I have made. That's a jam-packed album. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is jam-packed. And I'm... I, uh, 
I'm sick of it. <laughs> I'm not. But I have just lived inside of this record basically all summer. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a, I feel like it's kind of a dual concept album. Like we're working together and this, all these things mesh. Like from Vince's end, and he's probably going to correct me if I, if I say this. He wrong, absolutely will. But it feels to me like he has made kind of a concept tribute record in that the music is all kind of throwback to... Um, mid-90s hip-hop, both West Coast gangster rap yeah. and East Coast boom bap. Oh. Like, there's lots of lots of samples yeah. because I'm just, I'm challenging copyright infringement laws. <laughs> there's, like, <laughs> there's, there's, there's music samples, there's movie samples, there's lots of uh, vinyl sound effects nice. over the things. There's lots of just big, hard uh, beats and there's like a lot of the songs, some of the songs will have kind of that uh, almost like smooth, like uh, funk or or uh, soul samples, kind of like the gangster yeah, yeah, yeah. that time did. Yeah, or um, some plinky keyboards. Sure, that are it's it it definitely feels it it's a, it it throws back. It seems to kind of like pay homage to arguably my favorite era of hip hop. Yeah, which is nineties yeah. West Coast gangster rap, mid and, mid to late nineties hip hop. Yeah, right, and also the East Coast like jazzy rap and and boom bap i love the boom bap Um, myself big fan from my end it is just an exploration of all of my vendettas against all of the terrible (laughs) horrible fucking people that have fucked up my life and really fucked up my friends lives yeah so i didn't go into it saying i'm gonna write about a bunch of songs about these poisonous fucking vampires who are trying no. to ruin everyone that I love. No. Um, it just kind of happened. Well, you know, you, you, you write what you know. You write what you know. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, art is often cathartic. Sure. Uh, and a means of expressing something larger than mere words can convey. Sure. And, uh, you know, that's... That you've, you've, you've transcended your... <laughs> <laughs> your anger into uh, music and uh, which you which every rock and roll hip-hop artist has done since time immemorial sure so i just yeah i i guess it's also like it takes me a really long time to write stuff and, and release stuff i yeah. work very yeah. slowly you do i it's mostly on like the writing end well it's not it's 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 i guess well you you workshop it to death yeah i workshop shit to death and i write and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite as it turns out yeah if you are coming up with concept after concept that kind of calls back to this nest of scumfuck vampires who are trying to ruin everyone you love. As it turns out, that anger, that vitriol, it just writes it, itself. It translates into songs that just fucking write themselves. I mean, I write songs to death. There are songs on this record that are first draft lyrics. Wow. Yeah, really? I would just write them and I'd be like, <laughs> at the end, just gritting my teeth, be like, eh, pencils down and done. <laughs> Vince, <laughs> this song is finished and I'm angry. What else you got? This one's called Fuck You to Death. <laughs> <laughs> this one's called Everything That You Say Lies. This one's called I Will Pee on Everything You Love. This song is called, I used to like Star Wars until I learned to fuck face like you did too. Fuck everything you enjoy. <laughs> oh, there's also a lot of swearing on this record in case that wasn't clear. Uh, trying to censor as, myself. As, and that's different from the other look, albums? How I exactly? Say, I, look, I feel like I've heard this reputation of mine echoed back at me a lot on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in Like lately, like in the past uh, uh-huh. 15 years. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm, that, oh, I'm loving where this is going. That, I, <laughs> that I'm that i foul-mouthed. Uh-huh. And I know uh-huh. that I have a lot of swear words in my yes, songs. Yes, you do. Um, a lot of these songs that I've been doing for many years, mm-hmm. they're older and they have a lot more swears. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's paying attention, but I try to use swear words Sparingly and have for about the past five years. I think. I think so that they're more effective when they drop. I didn't I, like swear. All I these. hear you, and I have noticed. However, just because you're not writing swear words doesn't mean you're not writing songs that are the filthiest fucking things I've ever heard. Well, <laughs> we're not I, talking about that. It's talk- a, I mean, you know, you found a nice little loophole in that they're not quote unquote swear words, right? 
But <laughs> I mean, I've, all right. There's the an old song. The language isn't work appropriate. No. <laughs> I, I have an old song called "Do Sex," and there are no swears in it, and it's one of the dirtiest songs I've ever yes. written. Yes. But yes. that was really just an exercise in seeing if I could do that. Yeah. 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 Uh, this album, it's just f bombs all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and my guests too. I'd like to thank my guests who brought all their swears. Uh, well, they, I guess actually they this, didn't. Is this a, call, a callback to like Two Live Crew? No, uh, Uncle Luke. Oh god, we had a whole song where it was basically just "fuck you, Janet Reno." Oh god, right? <laughs> was that when they banned in the USA album? Yes, their follow up after they got arrested in Florida. And yes. Basically, three minutes of them just saying, fuck you, Janet Reno, yep. for three minutes. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I love Two Life Crew. I loved Two Life Crew I, so much. I still do. I still love Two, I, two Life As Nasty as we want to be, it's such a great record. It's a great record. Um, it's horrible. It's horribly misogynistic. If I anybody it. disagrees with that. It does not that. hold up well. No. No. But I, I, it's one of my guilty pleasures. Sure. Yeah. If anybody listening has a problem with that, I will drive <laughs> to your town and I will drive to the uh, grade school there. Oh, shit. And I will meet you at the bike racks at 3 p.m. tomorrow. <laughs> and you better get ready to kick my ass because I am not a very good fighter. Uh, if you disagree with me, you can send us an email at epicpiecast at gmail.com. That's epicpiecast at gmail.com. Yeah. So anyway, this record got really accelerated. Um, um good. I'm glad. It, I, I but specifically because we had a deadline yeah. when it became clear that I was going to be going on the road again this fall. Yes. With, and when is that? So glad you asked. Yeah. The record drops on Monday, October 1st. Oh nice. I get on an airplane Tuesday, October 2nd. <laughs> <laughs> I fly to Austin. Where I meet up with my bandmates, uh-huh. and our show kicks off. Our tour kicks off in Austin, Texas, Wednesday, October third. Wowzers! Yeah. Uh, do you want to say all the dates and the locations here, or do, do, do they just go to the website? I'm going to or... put a link, but I'm going to. I'll I'll just say the cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll give you a list of cities of, of where we're going. By the way, this is the same tour that we did on the west. On the west, this is the same tour we did on the east coast last fall. Uh huh. Um, it is with MC Lars. Nice. Mega Ran. Love him. MC Frontalot. He's a cool cat. And their foul-mouthed cousin, Schaefer the Dark Lord. He's all right. He's all right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite a gamble. It's, uh, you know, I, I feel, <laughs> look, I, and I mean this sincerely, I feel honored that I have had professional relationships, that I have had close friendships yeah. with all three of these guys for over 10 years. Yeah, they're friends. Because if they just known me, there is no reason why they would want to take me <laughs> On tour with them. That's not true. Hold on. Only because all three of them, a thing that they have in common is that they have been pretty diligent about keeping all of their language clean on their records. Now, I know I just got done defending myself for saying I'm not that foul mouth, <laughs> but compared to them. Compared to them, yes. I'm Sam Kennison. Yes, you are. I'm Richard Pryor. Yes. I am, I am filthy. Yes. And so they book these tours and they've got like really, you know like a lot of positive messages and like inspiration and, and these uh, largely are all ages shows. Yeah. And I cold open these shows. So everybody shows up being like, I love Megaran. He's a teacher. He inspired me. Oh, I love MC Lars. He loves, oh my gosh, he loves literature and he, he like raps clean about all these like classic American sure. authors. I love MC friend a lot. He explores this kind of like, technological angst and, and, and how that has like affected our lives and explores like cult of celebrity and, and various themes that he explores sure. also very clean and accessible. And, uh, and then we open the show with old, with old dirty pants. <laughs> I come out there and I'm like, Hey guys, welcome to the family show. I'm your opening act. Here's 30 minutes about people who are ruining my friends. Effity, 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 F. Um, and it's only because they love me. It's well, no, it's not only because they love you. It's because you're damn good at what you do. Well, don't you go <laughs> sweet talking me, buddy. Anyway, I am going to be on tour in uh-huh. support of this record. Um, unfortunately, I regret to inform 
our listeners, mm-hmm. that uh, my bandmate, Vince Vandal, will not be joining me on these shows. Boo! Nor will my DJ, Lugatron 5000. Boo! Yeah. This has been the Epic okay, Podcast. Okay, okay. Tune in next week when Schaefer will be doing it on his own. Oh! Because apparently that's all he knows how to do. I cannot afford you. <laughs> I come cheap. Again, remember my jingle? I Nelson I Lugo. Do, 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 do. He's cheap. Okay. So, uh, I am going to be hitting the road. I don't think there's an official name for this tour. I've just been it's calling the, it the Mount, the, the Mount Nerdcore Tour. Yeah, the Mount Nerdcore Tour. Yeah. Anyway, October 3rd, we will be in Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. October 4th, we will be in Dallas, Texas. Ooh. October 5th, San Antonio, Texas. Lots of Texas. October 6th. Odessa, Texas. Yeah, there we go. Never been there. October 7th, Albuquerque, New Mexico. October 9th, Tucson, Arizona. Wowzers. October 10th, Phoenix, Arizona, Mega Rands Town. Nice. Hometown kid makes good. Yeah. October 11th, San Diego, California. Nice. October 12th, Long Beach, California. Oh, Long Beach. October 13th, San Francisco, California. I'm coming home. Nice. It's not my home. I lived there for five years. It's your adopted home. Yeah, but I'm still really excited to come back. It's always good to come back to San Francisco. We have, I think we have friends in San Francisco too, so. uh, I have, I used to live there. Yeah. Except I think all of my drug dealers are probably dead now. (laughs) Which is good. I don't do drugs. Lugo? October 15th, we'll be in Portland, Oregon. Nice. October 16th, Seattle, Washington. Oh, nice. October 17th, Boise, Idaho. October 18th, Salt Lake City, Utah. Wowzers. October 20th, Denver, Colorado. Nice. October 21st, Kansas City, Missouri. October 22nd, St. Louis, Missouri, and October 23rd, the final show in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. You can find tickets and Facebook events for all of these shows by visiting nerdcoretour.com. Nice. Uh, I'm really excited to go. It's been like I've spent all month just killing myself trying to make album artwork and and record these tracks and coordinate with guests and, and work with Vince and listen to mixes and get the album together. And, and then also like I've, I've purchased all this new merchandise. I'll have new t-shirts on this tour and I'll have these USBs and I'll have all, all the other stuff that I always have. And Ooh, copies of that seven inch, the, the choose your own Avengers. Split oh, seven inch. I gotta, yeah. I gotta pick that up. Yeah. We're, I just, I've got so much stuff that I've got to like organize now that the record is being mastered and I got to get all this stuff organized and, and shipped out to, to Texas to meet me there when I land on the plane and I haven't even really put the work into yet of preparing for an actual tour by like rehearsing and writing a set list <laughs> so I guess that's what I'm going to do after I fold 600 t-shirts oh, oh boy anyway I'm really excited to see it, all of it, you it sounds like an amazing lineup and an amazing lineup of cities and uh, I got it you know what I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm a little jealous yeah yeah, I'm a little jealous. Well, touring's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Especially on the West Coast, because all those cities are like 10 hours apart. Ooh. So those are, they're all long drives. That's fair. It's fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to spending time with those guys on the road. Yeah. Last time we toured the East Coast, we went in two vehicles. This time we're traveling all together. Oh, wow. So you're getting like a big old bus thingy? We're getting like a, a, van, a yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Big old cargo yeah. van? And if for any reason you don't live in any of those cities, I would also recommend in the month of October that you go and find out where uh, MC Chris is touring because he is currently on the road with my pals, oh, yeah. Dual Core yeah. and Lex the Lexicon Artist. There you go. And That's they an are amazing touring. lineup. They are, their tour is twice as long as two months, 40 days. Two months. Good gravy. And it's uh, covering some uh, East Coast too. So yeah, um, come see the Mountain Nerdcore tour. I love Core. I love Lex. But go see uh but go see them too. Go yeah. see both shows. Buy all of our merch. Buy all of it. We're not Support doing this because independent it's, artists. We're not doing it because it's fun. <laughs> we're doing it because we pretend it's a career. That's not true. That's just the uh, most cynical thing I said on this episode. Uh and also please give it on Monday, October tenth. On Monday, October first, yeah. please swing by Bandcamp and download the Department of Darkness record. Department of Darkness. Depa- I love I love that. The Department of Darkness. I love it. Or wait a little while and get it on iTunes. Are you gonna else. are you gonna do like one of those photoshopped 
photo shoots where everybody wears red and black and then you just like paste everybody into like a background? I am now. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it. But. Everybody has to get like, get like a green screen or a white sheet. Yeah. Just everybody send me your op- guest if you're listening to this. And I know you're not because you have better shit to do. But if you are. <laughs> holler at the department. We'll, uh, we'll uh, put yeah. together. We'll put together a thing. No. Um, awesome. I think that's all. Okay. That's it. I think I've explained everything that I have done and have to do. Yeah. That's where I am now. And now I just want to wrap this episode because I got to start packing up t-shirts. All right. Well, look, we'll, we'll start, we'll start the assembly line. Uh, I'll fold you bag. Nice. Uh, that's and, so helpful. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give yeah. you two credits on the record now. Nice. What about you? Do you have anything to plug? No. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just a little side thing? And I'm yeah. sure you've already heard this from every corner of the internet, but What's I would that? just like to add to the chorus. What's that? That Spider-Man game for PS4 is a whole lot of fun. I like that Spider-Man game. Are you playing it? Yes. Are you serious? I am playing it. I, I, ha- I haven't gotten very far because I moved. Right. You're, you moved into I, a new I did apartment. a show and I moved into a new apartment and I've been, I haven't had a time to actually sit down. And, I'm basically like maybe four or five hours in. So I, I did something. I gave myself like, I, I just had to play it. Yeah. I gave myself like two days in the past three weeks. Yeah. That were like Sundays. Yeah. That, you know, I would work until like. 4.30 in the morning, Yeah, sleep until noon, and get up and be like, I am fucking, my eyes are fried, my yeah. ears are fried, I cannot work on this anymore today, Yeah, is a self-care day, and that all that meant that I would just like marathon many hours of Spider-Man, and I haven't finished it, and I'm not going to finish it before I go, but it has been Ugh. such a great distraction because it's so satisfying, it's so, good. so fun, it's so fun, and because uh, I loved those Arkham games. <laughs> so let's let's and i wish they would have called this game peter parkham asylum <laughs> it's excellent. i don't care i love it i love it i love it i love it i've been i've been missing those arkham games and this is the the perfect sort of uh uh successor to that particular type of gameplay yeah and it's fun the the, the city swinging is fun the the, the beating up bad guys is fun. I have perched on buildings that I have been inside. Yeah. Like Manhattan's never perfectly rendered in video games. No, they, no, no, no. They, But this is pretty good. They, they take some liberties with the map. No, sure. But sure. I have definitely crawled up. Bu- I have crawled up buildings that I have been inside. Nice. And that <laughs> is really satisfying. Um, I'm not very far. I think I just got the white spider suit. Okay. Um, so I'm not very far at all. Okay. Um, but it's, it's a whole lot of fun and I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for another sort of day, a full day off that sure. I can just sort of devote to it basically, yeah. um, which are few and far between these days. I really enjoy it because it's fun and I'm playing it because I want to play it. And because the last game, yeah. as I talked about on the podcast, you, you had to. was Far Cry 5, yeah, and you had to which play. I played and you kind of like spilled the beans on that. Did I? A little bit. I bleeped out part of what you said. Oh, okay. But now that this cat's out of the bag. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. The reason why I I forced myself to 30 <laughs> hours of Far Cry 5 in a couple weeks is because there is a song on the album that is not about Far Cry 5, but is heavily inspired by Far Cry 5. And if you played it, if you played that game, and if you like any of the stuff that I've ever done, then you're probably going to enjoy a song called World on Fire featuring MC Lars. From the Department of Darkness. Nice. I'm not playing it here. You have to get the record on Monday. Get yeah! the record, fuckers. And don't, don't torrent it. Don't fucking pirate it, you piece of shit. Listen to Uncle Lugo. Just, it's, it's like, it, for, for the cost of like a Big Mac and uh, for the cost of like a value meal, you can have some fucking music, you moron. That was the most Sally Struthers thing <laughs> you've ever done. <laughs> just a cup of cost of a cup of coffee a day that's the worst sally field impersonation i've ever heard in my entire life it wasn't sally field it was sally struthers oh then accurate Mm. i mean it was pretty bad though this has been the epic podcast episode 64 i have been your host nelson lugo i have been your other host shape of the dark lord be safe internets bye Thank you for listening to the Epic Piecast. We'd love to listen to you, too. So send us your feedback, questions, love mail, 
hate mail, recipes, and fan fiction to epicpiecast at gmail.com. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and the Epic Piecast on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Uh, you do have a thing for like nostalgia esque cartoons, because you because you wrote you Popeye, wrote yeah. you wrote a, a thing about Popeye, which is the other devil. Yeah, and now you have a Tom and Jerry song. Yeah, so I guess what I'm wondering is when's the Captain Caveman Ooh. mix coming? out? That is the most obvious next one in that series. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> that's the one that I would go in on. I fucking love Captain Caveman. I know, I know you do. Basically rolling around with like a bunch of hotties from Captain laughing. Caveman. It's like all these like little mod babies in like the go-go boots and shit. And this fucking <laughs> caveman basically just screams his name and destroys shit. Yeah. Uh, good times. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.